So when we're talking police reform, the, that's, the, that's the most important thing. Look around the country, look around the state. You will see agencies that are not accredited. And I, I personally think that that can potentially lead you down a path uh, of some problems. Hello, welcome to Shop Talk, where we talk everything Scottsdale Police, answer your questions, and bring you updates and other news around the department. Now, here are your hosts, Chief Jeff Walther and Sergeant Kevin Kwan. Well, Kevin, we're back at it again. Welcome to episode number three of Shop Talk. I'm your host, Chief Jeff Walther with the Scottsdale Police Department. My co-host, Public Information Officer Sergeant Kevin Kwan is here. Number three already. Number three. Pretty, pretty exciting. Yeah, early. The first two I thought went pretty well. Yep. Well, I thought they did, and so did the five or 10, 12 people who maybe listened to it. No, actually, our, our, we're, we're, get, we're getting some good uh, some gl- good listeners, so thanks to everybody out there who's listening. Um, this has been uh, a, a great idea by Kevin in doing the podcast, and uh, we're, we're really getting to reach some, uh, some of our citizenry, which has been fantastic. And the last two episodes were great. This episode is no different. Uh, I like to say that everybody has a boss, and uh, my boss is here, uh, Dr. Jim Thompson, who's the city manager of the city of Scottsdale, and we'll get to him momentarily. But Kevin, August was a very interesting month. It was for very us. interesting. Yes, yeah, a yeah. lot of things happened. Oh, so not only did uh, did it rain more than I've seen. I I grew up in the valley. My parents moved from upstate New York in 1976, and this is some of the most rain that I've seen. My place up in Alpine, I swear I think it rained. It has been raining most every day over the last four weeks. So uh, it's, it's been great. Looks like Ireland up there. And then down here in the valley has been great as, as, as well. So, uh, And now it's miserable. It's uh, miserable, humid, but um, hey, it's Arizona. That's what we do. So excited uh, to get rolling. We got some good questions from the citizenry, some tough ones. And if you've listened in the last couple episodes, you know that I don't shy away from tough questions. So I'm excited to have those. And then uh, we'll, we'll throw some questions at, uh, at Jim and get some good answers. And so uh, let's get rolling. So, Chief, there's some, there's some concern about recent events in Scottsdale Police Department and how it handles investigations. How are you being transparent with the community? And more importantly, what do you plan on doing in the future? Yeah, good question. Uh, thanks to whoever sent that in. As if you've, if you've been watching any of the news lately, uh, over the last three weeks, we had an investigation from the middle of 2020, May of 2020, that caught some media attention. Uh, and I like to say, in fact, I had some conversation with uh, Scottsdale Young Professionals Group uh, earlier in the or last week, and then some new PA police aides today about this idea that um, essentially that think of a profession out there. And I ask, I usually say, hey, do, do, do doctors make mistakes? Do firefighters make mistakes? No, not firefighters. Let me back up. Do attorneys make mistakes? Uh, you know, human beings populate police departments across the country, and certainly uh, human beings populate the Scottsdale Police Department, and we're, when, we're not without mistakes. And so my commitment, though, is that when the Scottsdale Police Department makes a mistake or officers or police aides or, or dispatchers or records personnel, detectives make a mistake and we investigate that mistake, we're going to own up to it. And so some of the, some of the media, uh, some of the things that have been going on in the media about a case in 2020 uh, have pointed out what appear to me at the outset to be some mistakes that we made on our part. I have internal affairs looking at those mistakes and interviewing a number of officers and supervisors involved, and we'll get to the bottom of it. And when we get to the bottom of it and there's a final resolution, 
Uh, I'll be at the forefront discussing what went wrong and how we're going to fix it. Those are the things you should, should expect from me as the police chief is that I'm going to be transparent. If I find misconduct or mistakes that we've made, we're going to look into those. Um, and then as the professional organization that we are, we're going to make sure that we're, we're heading in the right direction. So transparency, that it's a buzzword that kind of goes on throughout the country. Everyone wants police departments to be more transparent, more transparent. But what you're really telling us and telling the listeners is we're going to let you know the outcomes and what we did during it, not just a smoke and mirrors concept of transparency. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you use some words I think are great. We talk about there, there a lot of buzzwords get thrown around in law enforcement in this country, and it's uh, transparency or social justice or the idea of now the, the big ones that are, are uh, one that I don't like, which is this idea of reimagining right. police um, or police reform. Well, I'm going to tell you that the first, the first key to police reform, I believe personally, is accreditation. Uh, a law enforcement agency that is accredited, usually then a third party, independent third party reviews policies, practices, procedures, training, pattern, pattern and practice of an organization. That's the first key to police reform. And right. so the Scottsdale Police Department's been nationally accredited through the Commission on Accreditation for Law Enforcement Agencies since 1994. Chief Mike Hidingsfield was very visionary back then in the very early 90s and said, we need to be accredited, and then moved us on that path toward accreditation. So accreditation has kept the Scottsdale Police Department um, at the forefront of model policy, of training, of pattern and practice. And so I'm going to take it a step further this year. And finally, the in Arizona, Arizona has a state accrediting body. It's the Arizona Law Enforcement Accreditation Program. And yeah, I guess you could we could rest on our laurels. My boss is going to shake his head here in a minute since he's on the committee. But I guess we could sit back and rest on our laurels and say, well, we're already we're already accredited nationally. Right. Well, that's not enough for me, and I know it's not enough for him. So we moved forward to also be duly accredited through the new ALEAP program, and we expect we have on-site assessors the beginning of March, and we will receive our uh, Arizona Law Enforcement Accreditation Program certification in October up at uh, the ACOP conference in Laughlin. And so we will be one of only two duly accredited agencies in the state. It's, uh, it will be us and U of A PD that are both CALEA and ALEAP accredited. So when we're talking police reform, the, that's, the, that's the most important thing. Look around the country, look around the state. You will see agencies that are not accredited. And I, I personally think that that can potentially lead you down a path uh, of some problems. And so those are my commitments, that transparency that we talked about to make sure that we're accredited, that we're constantly striving to, to follow model policy and procedures. But I want everybody to understand with the amount of hate mail, hate phone calls that I've been getting telling us, you know, how terrible we are because we made a mistake. Just remember, we make mistakes sometimes, too. Now, the big mistakes are what you typically see on TV, uh, wrongful death, uh, the George Floyd uh, killing, um, all terrible, terrible things. But don't paint us with the same broad brush. We're going to make mistakes on occasion, and then w w I'm going to own up to those mistakes. Now you talk about accreditation. How often does does our department get reviewed for the accreditation standards? They're reviewing our policies about every two years, two to three years. And so typically on-site will be about every three years. And so that's, um, and I'll use ALEAP as an example. So right now, even though we're going to have an on-site assessment in the beginning of October, they, we have sent all of our proofs of compliance, all of our policies 
for their review so that they do an administrative review and then they follow it up with an on-site review of and they do interviews Kalia and Aleep are the same that are the same in how they they work they'll look at all of our policies and procedures administratively and then they come into the organization over a two to three day period they interview our employees they go to different facilities they and they they look to maintain and ensure compliance this is a great transition into our next question from the community uh, the Department of Justice, or DOJ, is investigating Phoenix PD um, right now. Can you talk about that and what you're doing to prevent this type of investigation? I know it kind of relates to a little bit of accreditation, but it's kind of different when it's a federal agency coming in to do a, a review. Yeah, this is, a, this is an interesting one and a tough one at the same time. Uh, chief Williams is an amazing police chief. Uh, she's an amazing person. We're, we're, we're friends, and so we have a lot of good conversation about the state of policing today and, and the direction that policing is going in. And so um, I think the, the question is how do you prevent that? And right. so that's really, and, and, you know, the, the, the first part of that discussion I already mentioned is about accreditation and, and holding your, your employees to a standard. But in a big organization like Scottsdale PD at almost 700 people, uh, Phoenix PD, which is four times that size, four right. or five times that size with, with uh, professional staff or civilian employees, it's how to, how to take thousands of people, or in our case, hundreds of people, and make sure that they understand the mission, the vision, and the direction of the organization and the policies. And so um, it's, still a, it's still a people-centric business. I talk yeah. a lot about we have one commodity in the organization, and that's people. It's not the cool equipment that we have or the cars we drive. Our one commodity is people, and people make mistakes. And so it's the severity of those mistakes. It's talking about culture. Um, you know, it's how we treat people. And so, uh, you know, we're a police agency still that accredited that does great things. And I'll tell you that uh, we will still have cases that will that will go under review by the by the Federal Bureau of Investigation, their civil rights division here locally. If somebody complains about a particular case or, or how we they were treated, they can make a complaint and the bureau will pull the report take they'll review it and so we we have cases that will go before the civil rights division that'll get reviewed and then typically we get a, a report on that to say that will say nope you're fine you're, you're good to go we didn't find any any incident of bias or a civil rights violation so so all police departments go through that it's the question then becomes what, how zealous is the federal government in looking to get involved in municipal law enforcement? Sure. That's the question. So um, as long as we're doing our job, as long as we, we're adhering to model policy, as long as we're, you know, we're, we're, we're getting great training, and as long as we're treating people um, well, even, even under very difficult circumstances, then we'll, we'll stay on the straight and narrow. Um, sometimes the, you, there's no way around it. You, you run afoul of some of the federal government's uh, uh, regulations or their perceptions, to be honest with each other, their perceptions, and before you know it, they're, they're knocking at your door. How often does that typically happen with Scottsdale as far as the, the reviews go? Is it monthly, yearly? No, we might get uh, one case a year, one every other year, two cases a year, um, and then you could go years without having an incident that, that they review. So um, I know that they're looking at two of our cases that are, that have happened over the last two years. But either way, the, the good thing is that 
even if there is nothing that comes out from the feds, it's still something that you can intrinsically say, hey, let's let's get better. Well, how does this prevent this from going to the review the next time? And in a, Agreed. And in a perfect world, it's a good checks and balance. It's about motivations. So if the Department of Justice, if their motivation uh, or the Civil Rights Division, their motivation is pure and they want to make sure that you know local, and I'm not referring to in this one, I'm not referring to Phoenix PD, but in, if their motivations are pure around the country and they're looking at different police departments in interactions or incidents with different police departments, then that's a great checks and balance. Uh, it's just a matter of making sure that, um, that we're all on the same page and that there, there's no political agenda involved in, in some of these instances or some of these investigations. Here's a, a fun question that we did get asked that, that you may be able to respond to. It says, Chief Walter, I have a friend that's interested in policing. Are you still hiring with the yes. way that the client... <laughs> Yes. Yes. But are you still hiring with the way that the climate of the country is towards policing and, and its whole aspects of it? You bet. Yes, we're hiring. I have currently, I was at 14 sworn vacancies. Then I was down to 12. Had some folks not get through the academy. I'm back up to 14, but um, I'm expecting that to be down to zero. And as Jim and I have talked about, we'll, we'll get into some of those pipeline positions come the beginning of the new calendar year. Yes, I'm hiring. Yes, I'm interested. I have five academy classes slated for calendar year 2022. Uh, I'm doing a lateral recruitment every month right now. When you see a mass exodus of police officers from other states around the country, I'll leave it to our listeners' imaginations of what states those, those <laughs> people are coming from. Uh, but we're getting good quality candidates coming from other, from other states. Yes, we're hiring and, and for those of our listeners who are interested in jobs with the Scottsdale Police Department, we just don't hire police officers. Right. I have communications dispatchers and records openings and, and a myriad of jobs that need to be filled in the Scottsdale Police Department that are, that are both sworn and people refer to as civilian. We refer to as professional staff in the organization. I have openings. We pay well. Jim makes sure we, get, we, we are paid very well. And so um, it's a great, great place to work. So the best way to figure out what jobs are available is to head to the scottsdaleaz.gov website yep. And, yep. and hit the, the hiring aspects, and it will be all a gamut of positions yes. that are available for call us. Call us, too. If you want to call us, you want to talk to my personnel division, we're happy to talk to, to anybody who's interested in, in uh, applying here. So getting back to safety, uh, you did talk about August with a lot of heavy rains what safety measures can someone take during a monsoon and flash flooding? There, there's so many transplant people that move here that have never experienced that, and there's a little bit of panic. So what advice would you give to them? Stay home. <laughs> Don't drive. It's not a, not a good time to walk the green belt or the Indian Bend wash when it's raining or it's monsoon season. So I'd say if, if you know a monsoon's coming, and, and we've been very good about putting out that information, stay home if you can stay home. Stay at work if you need to stay at work. I would let the, the weather pass. In Scottsdale, we, we have an amazing feat of engineering, and that is the wash system that goes through the city in Indian Bend, Indian Bend Wash. It's amazing. It takes an unbelievable amount of water and takes it from the north all the way down to the Salt River. But the problem is people want to drive through it right. because there, in some areas there are roads through it. If you see signs that say, road closed, that doesn't mean go. Right. It means stop. Because, again, every monsoon, uh, the very brave men and women of the Scottsdale Fire Department wind up having to do swift water rescues yeah. and, and, and 
rope themselves out to people on top of their cars. It's just not worth it. And, and only a few inches of water can move your vehicle. So stay home if you can stay home. Try not to drive. If things get bad and you find yourself, listen, I grew up, I grew up in the valley. And when the dust came, we, you know what we called that, Kevin? When it got really dusty, do you know what we called that? Uh, I don't think I'm at liberty to talk about We that. called it a dust storm. A dust storm. Yeah, it was a dust storm. <laughs> what do we call it today? A haboob. A haboob. <laughs> so we didn't, we didn't call it that. I don't know who started that, but we didn't call it that. I grew up here. So if the dust is blowing and it's bad enough that you've lost visibility in your driving, get off the roadway. Yeah. And I mean, get off the roadway, pull into a into a commercial parking lot, and uh, and and park. If you if you it's so bad that you need to just pull off, um, you know, a main road, then pull off and turn your lights off. Not on the freeway. Get off the freeway. Um, but but sometimes visibility can can be so poor that you can't see the vehicles in front of you. What you don't want to do is pull off the road, leave your lights on. Now people who are following behind you are going to crash into the back of you. Get off the roadway completely and into a parking lot if you can. Most of the stuff that we see is not going to last very long anyway. So, No, look at the Indian Ben wash. You yeah. could be The volume that can go through the wash is unbelievable, and a day later it's gone, or right. two days later it's gone. It's amazing. What has been your philosophy when you have worked with previous city managers? Oh boy. It's a testy question for you. Yeah, yeah. I gotta be careful. So uh Jim Thompson and I worked together briefly uh well the first year, a little bit more, probably a year, year and a half that he was here uh, when I was the assistant chief working for Chief Rod Bell. And we got to know each other and uh I think we went shooting once, you know, <laughs> all good times. And so really um we can talk about this as we get into talking with Jim. Uh, Jim's super easy to work for. I, I, you know, it's you, this is the city manager you hope that you work for. I mean, I came out of retirement um, because he asked. I think that speaks volumes about who he is. And so, previous city managers, I I worked with several uh, pretty closely uh, because there was a time period when, you know, budgets were shrinking, and we in the city of Scottsdale, the PD, is the largest single department with the largest single budget. Right. And it's a place that you could look at and say, I need money or I need bodies to save money. And so um, I've, I was the department's uh, patrol deployment expert at the time in terms of how we deployed uh, on the road. And so I worked with past city managers, two in particular, related to deployment and numbers and could we cut and make some changes. And so um, that's been my, my past experience. So my, my present experience is way <laughs> we wanted to take a moment to thank you, our community, for sending in your questions to Chief Walther. If there is something you want to know, please visit one of our social media pages to leave a question for a future episode. Now back to Chief Walther and Sergeant Kwan with their special guest. All right, Kevin, great segue from the uh, my previous city manager experiences to our our special guest, which is uh, my boss. Yeah, like I said before, everybody has a boss. Um, Scottsdale City Manager Jim Thompson. Uh, Jim Thompson started as city manager on January 9th, 2017. He has over 30 years of experience in local government, previously holding positions in Tucson, Arizona, Casa Grande, Arizona, Bothell, Boss, is that how you say that? Bothell, Washington, Bullhead City, Arizona, and Stern, Colorado. Jim has also served on the Arizona uh, State Personnel Board since 2004 and as an adjunct professor in Arizona State University's Department of Public Affairs since 2011. 
Uh, Jim is the busiest person that I know. I thought I was busy uh, doing what I do as the police chief, but Jim is even busier than I am. And uh, I'm really excited to have him here. He's a terrific uh, boss. And, and those of you who know me know I, I would tell you that if he wasn't a terrific boss, I'd tell you. And he's fantastic. So, Jim, welcome to the show. Thanks, Chief. So we're going to throw a bunch of questions out to Jim so that and, and Jim is an expert uh, <laughs> communicator. He'll he'll do he'll he'll uh, he'll fill in all the details. So, Kevin, why don't you start? All right. What interested you with getting involved in local government with the city of Scottsdale? Thanks for the question, Kevin. I, you know, having been in Arizona for a good number of years, I left the state for a period of time, went up to Washington State and returned. Um, when I was manager in Bullhead City, time-wise, 28, nine years ago. So it was a long time ago. And then left the state, came back. Scottsdale's always been the premier city in the state of Arizona. And when you look at, you know, what would you aspire to do towards in your career or, you know, um, throughout your career, it is to have the opportunity to, to lead and, uh, and to manage a community like Scottsdale. And so for me, um, I did retire. For about three weeks. Um, I'm not what, what some would say a, a double dipper in the sense that I have pension out there. Otherwise, actually, if you don't sit out for a year on the, on the other side, the professional staff side, you, you get back your pension. So I collected a pension for about three weeks and then gave it back and <laughs> came back to work. So I have to love what I do to do that. Right. And, and I, I, I do, and I do it with passion. And so uh, for me, Scottsdale was that, that opportunity to come and lead and manage a, a wonderful organization of amazing people, and that just got me inspired and fired up, and, and so I took the opportunity and have been loving it since. All right, Jim, what are some of the major changes that you have implemented since becoming the city manager? You could always look and say, you know, what, what are those things you look back on in life? In each, you know, professional and endeavor I've had, there's been things that uh, you say, Yes, amazing. Um, appreciate it all. Um, on the other side, there's ones that you know you look back and go, "Yeah, I could have done that a little bit differently." And that's where you gain the wisdom and knowledge, you know, from repetitions and doing things in different communities. Scottsdale had a few, not my, many issues, you know, when I when I arrived. One of them was, uh, you know, growing. Um, pension liability on the public safety side, be it police and fire, and, and by no fault of, of police or fire were the, um, the officers and firefighters involved in that. And so sometimes people look at that in a negative way, and it's not. It's, it's a system, and times the actuarials and other things that are done to determine that we're off. It puts a scenario in, in the sense of the community that may put you in the, the red scenario. So the biggest thing was to start to address that. So we did. And I always look at the finance side as, as peaks and valleys. So I, I tend to like like to, to hang out at the valley more than the peak. And then when you have a peak, you contract in, you do other th services. Sometimes you have to increase level of services as well as being flexible and nimble, which is not words you would normally hear in, in government, but we, we've moved in that direction. Um, we're, we really want to address the changing environment we have. And the last 20 months or so, it's been rapidly changing. You know, leading at the forefront of that and making changes and finding that right balance because there are extremes on both sides of the equation, I think more so today than I've seen in over my 34 years. Finding that balance is, is a, a challenging endeavor, um, but I think we find, uh, find that we've been very reasonable in that. And I, uh, you're never going to have 100% happy with any decision that's made or otherwise. Sometimes you have to find that, that spot where, where both sides maybe aren't super happy with you. Yeah, <laughs> and maybe that's the the right spot. And and so again, um, you know, I I think working through what we've just been through the last twenty months, and and we can go on and on about all the uh, things that have transpired from 
fires, you know, to the flooding we've had during the monsoon season to social and civil unrest and, and, you know, just the pandemic itself and all that we've been impacted on major fronts in all categories and, you know, that just changes of our behavior and how we uh, go out and do things, changes in shopping patterns, which impacts our, our finances. I mean, all of those things being hit at once and and throughout a time and you're just going from one to another to another while you still have all the things that you normally have to do every day it's it's more challenging and then keeping staff motivated keeping the community um, in a positive light and not going to the negative side and and because of some of the things that we do here so well with tourism and others to help pay the bills so again I think all that's important. Back to the pension, um, we have set aside. We're going to take a big bite out of that. The last few years, we started setting aside money so we could buy down the pension. So in the next 10 to 15 years, we're we're almost fully funded again. You, you always want to leave something better than you find it. So if you ever you get an opportunity, somebody loans you something, you want to return it as good a shape, if not better, then you got it. And so um, I see that with the community. My my role and what I you know strive to do is leave it in better shape than when I got here. And so I think that's important important so you have you know financial stability uh, the pension addressing some of those issues that come to light sustainability uh, we started working down the, the path of how do we become more sustainable how do we work better in the environment um, a lot of challenges there are things that we've done uh, but we continue to improve on that side and we'll continue to walk down that path internal class and comp, comp study that was done in this class and compensation system we out every few years, we implemented a system that recognizes all employees in the organization for performance, but as well as ensuring that we have market adjustments for all. Um, historically, we may not have done those constantly and consistently, and, and I think that was a big issue for the employees, is making sure that we're paid in market conditions, but then also recognizing them for their performance. And it's, it's very important that we do that. We adjusted some of the other benefits, some of the other things that may have been displaced from the market conditions to ensure that we're you know, hiring and retaining the very best. I'm always impressed every day how much we get done and how driven they are to serve. So for me, there wasn't any work on that side per se, other than making sure that we were recognizing those efforts and, and really taking care of our people who go out and take care of all of our residents every single day. You know, Jim, you, you talk about our employees and you do something that I think is amazing, which is our employees, I mean, you get out and you see the employees, you, you offer uh, your time, you're, you, you make, I don't know how you make yourself available. I mean, you, well, I do know you don't sleep um, or well, I'm sure we'll get to the M&Ms and coffee portion later, <laughs> exactly. uh, but, but you don't <laughs> sleep. I mean, you're, you're just tireless in that. But I think one of the things that um, has been great since you've been here is that employees feel valued because you, you make them feel valued and, and they then in turn want to work harder. And that's such a big deal here that I think a lot of leaders don't understand when we talk uh, strategic leadership. Um, that's one of the things that I think that your strategy and how you've implemented that and how you, you just, how people feel valued around you is, has been, a, uh, I think, a very big deal. Now, Kevin, I wanted you to hear that when the when the city manager talks about working tirelessly and all the things that he's done. I think you look at you look back at the you know the time of the pandemic, and I think your biggest worry was that uh, gaming companies weren't working um, enough to provide you the appropriate new games for you to play. And you see how that's different; it's just different. So you thanks. can't see me. I'm, I'm cracking up. Thanks, Jim. That's, 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 that's how you answer that is perfect because I just kept thinking about Kevin and what <laughs> Kevin was worried about during the pandemic while you were fixing all of these things. Uh, so this anyway, is, Kevin, did you, did, did, did you want to go on to number three, Kevin? <laughs> 
All right, that's a great that's a great transition. Thanks, Chief. <laughs> it's been really noticeable since you came to our city. You do value employees. It's evident. I I can't even express the the very first time I sent an email to you, I got a direct response and and it and it floored me. The 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 CEO of our entire organization responded to me and it wasn't just a a little blip here. It was like a a detailed response just absolutely floored me and I appreciate that that you care about every single employee. It's not just a a one-off like like chief uh, you you only care about people right under you so thank you for that um, did you did you was that just referring to me <laughs> we, we uh yeah i, I think that was subliminal no that wasn't subliminal <laughs> at all um i do receive emails from chief as well so i mean i guess it's 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 a du- dual thing um but i recently had a birthday and i i, I got a birthday card from you and, and a coffee card and, and, and a bag of m&ms and that was just one of those like how awesome that 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 just showed up what drives your leadership style where, where did you learn that type of employee centric concepts you know I, I i think it's just over the years um you gain a lot of wisdom you realize that your employees are making positive differences in people's lives every day you know and we, we could talk about all the different management and leadership, which are distinctly different and having right. the ability to do both, then you always, the question comes up often, what's your leadership style or something along those lines? And, and, and that's challenging for me to answer because depending on the people, the situation, it will change. Sure. And, and so it's a dynamic that continues to um, express itself in different ways. But what I've learned over the years, um, and, and, and chalk this one up to wisdom, is that your people are your most important part of your organization. Yeah. They they are who make it what it is. And, and Scottsdale is amazing. And, and so the people who live here make it part of the community. I mean, all of us come together in, in a, you know, what I would call a positive fashion and way. And for us and for the employees, we come together to serve. And without everyone out doing their job every day, I wouldn't be successful. And so I realize that. And I realize I can't go do everything. I can't be everything to everyone. I get to empower staff. I get to do amazing things and work with wonderful people every day. And so to me, I feel blessed because of that. Um, but I think that leadership just comes over time. You just teach leadership classes and others. And so you, you have an opportunity to engage with people at different levels and in their professional endeavors, some towards the end of their career, some at the beginning, some in the middle. And you learn from each one of those engagements. And so that's where I get a little bit of pleasure out of, out of the teaching side because I get to put concepts out there and see how a very diverse group, because I have now students across the whole world uh, that are participating because of online teaching and other things that transpire, you can put concepts out there and see how people react. Hmm. And it allows you to build on that, allows you to understand human nature and people. Um, my upbringing, uh, my, my mother worked in the social service environment. My father was a police officer. So um, when I built back, that I was raised in an environment where what you did every day was get up and make a positive difference in people's lives. And so um, having that as well, that taught me at a young age that you, you get up every morning and, and you really take very little to your, to your grave when, when we do leave this wonderful earth. And, and part of that's your integrity and, and you know, the difference you make in others and for others and the memories that you place in their mind that may not, may not even know you had an influence on it. But that's more important than anything else you can mass in this world. So that's why I, I truly adore my employees. Um, they, they, they get up every day and they go make differences. And, and sure, you, some of us have bad days. I think Chief was commenting on earlier, we're all human. We all make yes. mistakes. Mm-hmm. And, and so realizing that 
you know, it, it, it's, you know, not a, um, it, it's just human nature that we're going to make some mistakes, but I think accepting that, improving upon it, learning from it, and going out and, and fixing what maybe you just broke yeah. uh, is key to everything. I, I make mistakes probably every day in, in different ways, and so I learned from many of them. I, I just have a passion to, to take care of those that are taking care of everyone else, and um, I think that comes out in what I do, and I'm driven. I think you mentioned the, the bir- birthday cards, and you know I try to get out when I can, when I'm not sitting in meetings all day or otherwise, and um, I respond to emails all day and night, yeah. uh, usually night or early morning, late night. Um, I get caught up <laughs> on them. Midnight. Yeah, <laughs> but but if you know Marin Council or members of the community and employees, I always make sure I respond to those. If I get a response from an employee or a question from an employee, I'm going to take the time to respond to it. And it's just how I am, how I'm built. Yeah. And if it means I don't sleep for two nights because I'm doing that, I won't sleep for two nights because right. I'm doing that. It's just how I'm driven. I want to make sure that I'm there for them and that I'm supportive of them so they're successful in what they do every day. Fantastic. Now, those of our listeners who heard Jim say that his dad is a retired police officer, police detective, homicide detective, that does not mean that the police department is Jim's favorite department. I mean, I mean, I think it is, but uh, but boy, I don't feel that way sometimes. <laughs> so he treats everybody equally. I know those listeners be like, oh, of course the chief loves him. His dad was a, <laughs> is a retired cop. No, Jim Jim uh, Jim is great at uh, treating all of us equally, and so um, it's, it's been pretty great. Right. Just just on that, Chief, my, yes, sir. my grandfather on my mother's side and my uncle on my father's side were firefighters. So, oh, yeah. Sorry. And then, so that we have a family of public servants is pretty much where it rests. So there, there's balance there. There you um, go, Chief Shannon. See, that's why you're his favorite today. All right, here's here's an easy one. You, well, maybe it's not. Scottsdale has so many of these. Where's your favorite place in Scottsdale to visit? I'll give some thought to that, um, but I'm not going to give you a direct answer. I'm going to walk around <laughs> well, it. That's uh, something I've never had before, boss. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know. We live in the world we live in. But um, there there's amazing places throughout all of Scottsdale, and so um, there's there's nights after maybe a council meeting um, before I drive home, and you know I'm all you know um, just worked up for the meeting. You, you really, um, when you love what you do, it gets pretty intense when you see it going on in, in front of you. And I may go walk down in Indian Bay Wash, go for a little walk or um, over there by the fields or maybe even further south over by the, the pool and El Dorado and that area. And, and so I, I love those areas. And then weekends, you know, it, when it cools off here a bit, I'll probably go on a hike or two up in the, up in the preserve and um, try to enjoy that area. Railroad Park, you know, voted number one park in the country. Amazing oh, yeah. park. You got to love it. And, and just the things that we have uh, to offer the community from the museums, from the libraries, from all that, that we have, um, it's pretty amazing. You it is. Go down and see a performance. We're going to be redoing Civic Center Plaza. You have an opportunity to probably go enjoy uh, more events down there, what we've done along the canal. Um, just just an amazing city. And whenever I, I get maybe get a chance to eat lunch or otherwise or driving home, I'll take different routes home just to see maybe something I haven't seen before because Scottsdale is very long and very spread out. And, and so you get an opportunity to get to go and really enjoy all the amazing things that that we have and i think that's why we're you know one of the the best destinations in the world for people Absolutely. to come and enjoy i mean from golf courses to outdoor activities to indoor activities and just some amazing stuff so i you know i want to put out a, a favorite i i enjoy all and and uh try to get out and um 
you know, share that with, with anybody. And I have people that call me, say, I'm coming to Scottsdale, Jim, where should I go? And I say, oh, the list is, you know, immense. And, mm-hmm. and you just spend time telling them all the great things they could do, you know, depending if you have kids, if you don't have kids, if you're coming here in business. I mean, all those different things, there's something for everybody. And that's what makes it um, the place that it is. Yeah. Fantastic. Now, you said you never sleep. So what are some of your hobbies that, that you have? Uh, Other than when, when coffee and M&Ms, those aren't hobbies, And responding Jim. to emails, that, that doesn't <laughs> count either. You, you know, and, and the, the sleep thing goes back. And um, when I was a child, I used to, I, I started karate at a very young age. So I would, um, my father would come pick me up. He worked two jobs. And he always worked 4 to 12 at the police station, was charged a homicide for years and years. And so he would, he would pick me up right after school. Uh, when he came home from his first job and then we would go to the police station and he dropped me off at the karate school it was a lot of police officers and others that 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 took karate at the the karate school but he may not show up till one in the morning Mm. and so i would be there from four to one or two or whenever because if there was a homicide and part of the country i grew up in it was very common and so i I would be left um to that so I, i got used to the the sleeping uh it it for me it's it's just something that's less and then obviously some things have happened in life that caused me to you know challenge myself a little bit on the sleep side so when i look at hobbies you know we think okay jim maybe it's meditation or something before (laughs) you go to bed but um no i i don't have time to do that um i got a lot going on so my hobbies are weird hobbies so i i teach that issue i used to teach two classes a semester down to one and actually dropping and just doing the the day-long weekend ones now. Um, But I truly enjoy that. It gives me an opportunity to really test some thoughts um, with the the students in different ways. It's at the master's level, and so you normally have a mid-career individuals. You have some traditional students that go undergrad to grad, um, but it gives you a chance to really um, put some ideas and issues out there, really get to see the changing dynamics that that have occurred. I mean, my, my career spans over three decades. And all the changes, I, I got the first city cell phone in a city. I installed the first computer in a city. There's a history there as well, but, you know, the old bag phone, right? And that was the first cell phone I ever received. And thank God I had one because I got caught in a blizzard in a drift one night and got stuck there. And so, uh, and I had the bag phone. They knew exactly where I was at. Um, I like to work around the home. So I, I love fixing things. I love remodeling. I um, Those kind of things. When I get a chance, I, I do that working in the yard, out, outdoors, and um, getting, I take care of my own yard and so forth. I, I enjoy those types of things and get an opportunity hike. If I get a chance uh, on the weekend, I'll, I'll go for a hike. Um, again, just, just getting outside cause I'm in the office all day. I'm yeah. in meetings all day. And whenever I get a chance to, to be out and enjoy the, the weather and the scenery and the wildlife and all the things that we have here to offer, um, it's an amazing, you know, feeling to be able to do that. I read a ton. Um, so I'm constantly learning. That's one thing in life that you know you t- was told at an early age. As long as you're constantly learning, um, you, you put yourself in a better position, and so never stop and always try to drive yourself to that next tier, that next level, or gain additional knowledge. So those are the kind of things I I enjoy and um, you know and, and spend my time on. So there's there's not that one hobby where I paint or I do, you know uh, it just all kind of things. Chief team seems to think that all I do is play video games all day when he actually plays them as well he just doesn't like to admit that to everybody jim plays video games uh <laughs> I know that. Uh-huh. yeah come on you can't tell jim that when i when i hear jim talk and he talks about all those things <laughs> I, he, he's the one person that now i feel infinitely dumber 
So um, one time, Kevin, I'll tell you that Jim and I were talking and he was talking about one of the things that that helps him relax is grading papers. Yeah, like from his from his master's level students, you know, just grading papers, so, you know, so re- reading papers. And I'm like, oh, heavens, that's that's. Yeah. So I just finished my master's program and I, I kind of had the, we had we had a little bit of a debate kind of throughout the whole thing of grammar versus content. And did, did I write my Oxford comma correctly or did I did I do something <laughs> in the right context? Uh, what's your philosophy with that as you're grading papers? I look at both. Okay. <laughs> but, but, but let me, let me go further. And today, you know, it's a changing time. Um, we may have lost some of those things cause we text and, and we do other things. Yes. And so, um, grammar is, is seen differently and it, it, we have different editions of Webster's dictionary over right. time too. New words get added to, to language that are created and may they become slang or just words that we recognize and abbreviations and as such. Um, so I don't spend as much time on that. I understand that it's more of the concept. For me, it's about critical thinking. Yeah. I, I want you to read the book, do the other things that are required of you, search out, do the research. But if you Google me, your thoughts, I, I, get, I get fired up about that. And, right. and because I want you to read what maybe Google told you or what some, something you read. But I want you to put it in your own mind, in your own thoughts, and, and bring it forward with what you felt and and what you thought of when you read it. For every single issue, right now we're all in this room together and I can take my cup and put it in the middle of the table, each of us to think something different about that cup. And what, what transpired, but we both experienced the same event at the same time and each of us would have a different thought process towards it. And, and so that's the expansiveness that, uh, that allows you to go out and uh, appreciate and respect their opinion and don't always judge it based on yours. And, and to allow you to open yourself up to accept how they view it. That's where I get the joy. And that's what I would have done with yours if you had ground clarity. I would say, well, you know, maybe you can improve this a little bit. And, you know, maybe a little more sentence structure and so forth. But, but you definitely have the, the motor skills because people who play video games are really good at motor skills. I'm a uh, qualified expert in the court, just, just saying. <laughs> Jim, kind of, you know, the, you've been the, the city manager for four years now. And so you have us set on with your vision. Do you, I don't know, additional vision, kind of the direction you want us to go in, or we are kind of running on that set path that you already have for us? Do you have other things that you want to, to try to do moving forward? Well, we, we live in a state of constant change. And, and even though many of us, it's just human nature, we resist that change. Um, so we always have to look to ensure that we're following best practices, that we're implementing those. And and those change um, with some consistencies throughout throughout time. So I think it's very important that, as an organization, we look to the future. Serving in the capacity I do, that that maybe has been a change that's that's more challenging. Probably the hardest things I've ever had to do in this profession were had long-term gain, and and they're very painful in the short term because we live in a um, society now, probably more so that instant gratification because you you can get so much more, you know, handheld devices or otherwise, you used to have to pick up a phone, call somebody and wait and do the other things. 
now you could instantly get things. You have things delivered right. them instantly yeah. to your home, your groceries. You don't have to drive to the grocery store, stand in line, do all those other things. And, and so we have a different perspective on things. And so when we say we're going to look out 5 or 10 or 15 or 20 years and we're doing this because it's going to make a difference 20 years from now, a generation later, that's hard for many to accept. But those yeah. are the things that, that get me, that inspire me even more, knowing that the small things we do today make a difference for, for my kids and their kids and those future generations, but they're also the hardest things to do. That hasn't changed. I think it's more challenging today than it ever has been. So when I, I look at, you know, what's the vision and what is that is to do those things today that may be extremely challenging and difficult, but will have far reaching benefits to the future generation and never lose sight and just look for the instant gain that, that may not have a long term sustainability or, or you know, a, a factor into the future. For me, you have to look at both. You have to have the small gains and the immediate successes, but you should also maybe try some of those hard things that will make a huge difference in the future and for future generations. And then secondarily is the only way we really do that is to look into the, the long-term future, you know, the future of our, our kids and, and their kids. And it's probably why I teach as well, is, is to help share the wisdom of all the mistakes I've made through life so others don't make it. And they could start from a, a point of already having that, that wisdom, that knowledge to, to progress beyond that. That's great. How do you see kind of your police department supporting that vision? Or how can we support that vision moving forward together? I, I think, Chief, and, and you've already mentioned it, I, I think instilled in staff. I mean, we, we get up every day and we're going to make positive differences in people's lives. And I I see that with everyone. I, I see that they're driven to do that. The level of customer service is just off the charts. I mean, I, I think that, yeah, we once in a while we have a bad day. We get up in the morning, we're all, we're all human, but we get up and we make a difference in people's lives. We, we serve them at the highest level, um, and, and it's pretty exciting. And, and so I see that in our officers. I see that in what they do. I see that in dispatch. I see that in, you know, forensics and the, the analysis. I mean, we look at the when we do have crime, the resolve rate to those crimes and that we just right. don't give up. We just keep going and going and going until we get there, until we solve it. And so our, our you know, resolution rate on crimes is, is a, you know, off the charts again. And so I think when you look at some of those things, people are just driven to make that positive difference and bring conclusion to maybe a not so happy situation that occurred in someone's right. life. Um, and, and just keep doing that. Just keep doing what you're doing. And I think the other attribute of that is just continue to build on that and to look at where those opportunities exist. You talked about accreditation, and I do serve on the state board um, that was formed to accredit departments. And I enjoy that and looking at how the police services in particular, and even in the last year, have changed because I've been around it for a right, long time, right. um, decades and decades. And, and to see those changes over time, but to see us driven to stay at the forefront, to, to have best practices in place. And, and we do all that. So there's not a whole lot that I could sit here and say, Chief, you know, I really would like to see everyone <laughs> do this because you're already doing it. And, be, and before I even ask it, sometimes you're already doing it. And so I come over and you say, yeah, boss, we've been doing that for a while. Pay attention. And, and I'm like, okay, I, I get it. I'll leave you alone. Um, and, and so, um, but, but I appreciate every, everything that everyone and um, and your department does it. It truly does make a, a positive difference for for those that we serve. You know, making sure we have the technologies, the equipment, all of those things to protect our employees, but also protect our citizens. 
is important to me. And so just continue to come forward with your budget requests, you <laughs> and all the others, and uh, we'll find balance in that. Yes, but uh, again, I appreciate it. It's interesting. You had such an interesting perspective because I, I go to bed at night and I think about um, my, my adult children, my grandchildren, but I think about the 700 people you know, roughly that, that are in the police department. I go to bed thinking about them. And it just occurred to me in your comments that you go to bed thinking not only about your family, but about the 2,500 employees and are they safe and everybody's, you know, well-adjusted and happy. And so that's, um, that's quite a weight of responsibilities. That's a wrap for this episode featuring Scottsdale City Manager, Dr. Jim Thompson. Now let's close out this episode with today's For Reals questions. So let's end, Kevin, with some, usually we like to end with a, with a couple fun questions that uh, Jim and I can both answer. Yep, this is my favorite part of the show. Okay, these, these are pretty tough, so uh, you got to really, really think about them because <laughs> uh, you never know where they're going to go. I think last time was, what's my favorite flavor of ice cream? Or, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. All right, uh, do you prefer cats or dogs? Dogs. I've had both. Um, dogs and cats. So I, I enjoy both. I love animals. All right. Number two, if you could have any superpower in the world, what would it be? Now, Chief's got this one before, so I know his answer, but I love asking this because it really is just a, a good tidbit. Superpower. If I had any superpower, what would it be? Uh, I think um, mind reading. Oh, yeah. Like Jean Grey. It's a double-edged mm-hmm. sword. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I just that would help. I mean, I you, you try to understand somebody, but if you were able to truly understand everything that was going on in their mind when they were sharing what they're trying to share with you, your ability to help them would be so much greater. I know I mentioned mine in a in a previous one, but mine's uh, teleportation. Yeah. Either fr- I want to be able to go from either place to place or time period to time period. Yes, so that's a good transition for our next one. What ancient place would you like to go to? Mm. Be it we're in Arizona, uh, I think going back just in time for you know the um, the West and, and many of us, you know, you look at when I was a, a child, my, my grandfather retired. I mentioned firefighter retired as a firefighter. He went down and lived in Sunsites, Arizona, which is down there by Tombstone. Okay. And so as a young child, he used to come get me at the end of baseball season. I'd go down and play baseball across the border in Nogales. And we'd drive this old dirt road up over the mountain because it was a shortcut rather than going all the way into Tucson and around. And looking back and having spent time in, in Tombstone, getting to meet Coach Jesus' grandson and spend time talking to him, just the, the history of that period of time, um, you know, that is where I would go. I, I, I wouldn't want to go further back. You think about, you know, the pyramids and how were they built and, and even going to South America. And I spent time down there with the USAID program, but, you know, in Tulum or you know, Chichen Itza or any of the, the, the ruins and the Aztecs or the, the Mayan cultures and understanding them. Again, it, that to me is just too complex and too far out and and some of the rituals and things they have yeah. I, you just can't understand today yeah so i wouldn't want to go that back far back in time so again chief's time travel you yeah know, who knows where he's going so uh ironically jim and i's is is pretty similar um i'm a fan obviously of the north american continent but I, I would i would like to go back um to north the north american continent pre-european conquest Okay. So the just the beauty uh, of the continent, the 
the people, um, the Native American culture, pre-European conquest, pre-European um, conquest or people setting foot from the European continent onto this continent, um, I think would be pretty pretty majestic, and and we could learn a lot from. Um, I have an affinity for a lot of Native American cultures, and so to see them uh, prior to the to European settlers coming here, I think would be pretty fascinating. I always wanted to go to medieval, like Europe times, and and building castles and having the the actual joustings and all that stuff. But that'd be around that that similar time. Is that because period. you played Ages of Empires? A- age. Age of. Age. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> you need to understand these awesome games, but. Okay, if you were a character from Star Wars, because we all know that Star Wars is better than Star Trek, if you were a character from Star Wars, which one would you be? Oof. Yeah, that's a tough that's a one. hard one. Yeah, um, I, 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 I like Star Trek better, Captain Kirk. <sighs> Star Trek. No, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't. I don't know. Because um, you got the don't put the, me in a box. You got the dark side. You got the light side. I mean, there's a lot of characters on there. Han Solo. Han Solo. He's a bit of a he's a bit of a rebel. He has your he has your uh, your similar quips, sarcasm too. I think you, I think you fit his mold pretty well. He's a smuggler too. And the Kessel Run. You're such a dork. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna leave that one blank. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and here's the, here's the easiest one. Last one. If could be, if you could be Batman or Robin, which one would you be? Although, in my relationship with Jim, I guess he's Batman and I'm Robin, but I don't want to be the sidekick, so I'd be I'd, I'd want to be Batman. Plus, his, the stuff on his tool belt is way cooler. I'm kind of a gear gadget, you know. Like you I gotta like get gadgets. into to the whole universe, though. I mean, there's been about three Robins in the whole time, and they've kind of branched off to be their own things afterwards. Yeah. yeah. So you you could have been Robin, and you learned, and then you become Nightwing or. Uh, Red Hood or something. You're not, you're not helping yourself I any. I know. Goodness gracious. Well, it's a simple one for me. Batman. Just, yeah. I think, for the tool belt. And, yeah. And, you know, you, you lead the charge. So you're, you know, you're going to go in. And, and he never quits. You never quit. No, no matter how challenging times are. And so, again, yeah. That Robin would be kind of cool, too. But, but, but Batman has a better tool belt. You're right. Better toys. I don't think you can ask that question of the city manager and the police chief because they're definitely both going to pick. They're both going to pick Batman. Well, I know my role here, so I, I definitely have to wear the, the red spandex. <laughs> what is it? Yellow spandex. I know, I know where I'm at, so that's totally fine. <laughs> yeah, good. All right, Jim, thanks so much for coming on the third episode of uh, Shop Talk. I know, right? I... I for, the, for our listeners, Kevin's always giving me grief about that because I have Shop Talk here, our podcast, and then internal to the organization, I have Chief Talk and Ask the Chief, which I stole from Jim. Uh, and his ask, you know, ask the, you can ask the city manager questions internally. And I, yes, thank I, you for that. Uh, yes, I, I stole that from Jim. <laughs> so um, so every, every once in a while, I, I'm like, Kevin, what show are we doing today? So thanks to everybody. I'm going to leave you just uh, uh, with a thought before and the city manager can, can finish up as well, but leave everybody with a thought. I think I mentioned early on that this month I've been getting a, a fair amount of, uh, of hate mail, a fair, fair amount of uh, uh, angry email and, and some, pretty, uh, some pretty wild voicemails. And so I would only ask that uh, give some consideration to the exceptional employees that we have in the Scottsdale Police Department and the city of Scottsdale. Sometimes we make mistakes. 
and I'm a big proponent of civil discourse. If you have an issue that you want to bring um, to my attention, by all means, bring it to my attention. I want to have the conversation. I want us to be better every day. Uh, Kevin has taken one of my regular sayings and kind of make it a marketing tool, which is the idea of be more. And so I think he's hit the hashtag, hashtag be more. And so I always want an opportunity for me, for my employees to be more in the service of our fellow human beings. Um, so please reach out to me. But, but uh, all I'd ask is that we have some civil discourse. I think we have too much going on in our country where it's too easy to kind of stand at the bully pulpit of social media or on that, uh, that heap of, of uh, angry emails and snarky emails. And so please reach out to me. Let's have some conversation and communication, and let's, uh, let's see if we can't work things out together. Jim, leave you with a final thought. No, I appreciate it, Chief and Kevin, for having me, and um, totally agree with your comments. I, I think it's important that we, we engage in open communication and we just don't take sides and um, blast away. I, I, anytime you sit down around a table and usually can find some resolve and may even at the end be resolved that you agree to disagree but Definitely. you do it socially and in a way that's acceptable in a way that we would expect us in Scottsdale to, to handle it at a professional level and uh, do all that we can to, to make positive differences for one another so I appreciate those comments now probably more than, than ever because of all that's been occurring across not only um, the city but the country and the world Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. All right, everybody. We'll see you next month. Take care of each other. Be safe. Thank you for listening in to Shop Talk Episode 3. Tune in next month where we will answer more of your burning questions. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave a rating on iTunes. Like and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you should need us, we are only a phone call away at 480 480- 312-5000. Have an amazing day and remember to always be more.